Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, are you all right? Yeah. Oh, I've got a question for you, Debs. Oh, go on. I love a question. So approximately how many years have you been driving for? Oh, my God. Uh, 40, 40. Oh, wow. About 40 years. <gasps> she's, she's looking good on it, listeners. I can, I, can, I can assure you that. Right. Well, I've yeah. got a question for you, Debs. Go on. If you were to have to do your driving test again, do you reckon you'd pass it? Oh my God, not in a million years. <laughs> no. What about you, Law? Oh, I'm not sure either. Because, you know, I think it's known as the Lake uh, Michigan effect. Oh, okay. I've never heard of that. So the Lake Michigan effect is um, where everyone reckoned that their children were above average intelligence. Oh, right. Um, but you can't have 80% of people above average intelligence because then that just doesn't work from a statistical point of view. And mm-hmm. if you think about people's perception about how good they are at driving, the average person probably day to day thinks that they are a better driver than everyone else. Yeah, true. Because it's just human to have that over-optimistic sense of self. Otherwise, you know, you just kind of get a little bit lost in the reality of everything. <laughs> um, the challenge of that then is what happens if you were there driving around thinking you're a great driver suddenly one day you get put to the test a little bit and then you can have a bit of one of those mirror moments yeah i wonder in the world of work debs Mm. how many people are thinking well it's not me that has got unprofessional standards it's everyone (laughs) else but if everyone thinks that they are above standard from a professional point of view how we interact how we show up then Mm -hmm. um at some point the stats don't quite work out so i've got another question for you debs go on law if you'd been secretly videoed recording your every interaction, visible and invisible, in your work life this week, do, do you reckon you'd get hired? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, because we'd be running around like a bit of a lunatic, actually, and going, oh, I'll just leave it over here. If you could see my table at the moment where I work, Law, there is piles of paper. I know where it is, but if anybody wanted to find anything, Law... No chance. So it's like, no, maybe I wouldn't be hired for my organisational skills. Yeah, yeah, but she talked a good game, HR, back in that interview room, (laughs) however many years ago. Um, So hence, our fourth, and I guess a kind of a light-hearted take, Debs, on our four-part series on getting stuff done, is uh, our final um, focus is going to be thinking about setting professional standards. So what it means to work well, what might that mean in terms of working with different types of people, People who have got different perceptions maybe about, you know, what it means to be professional and, um, you know, a little bit like driving. If all we do is focus on everyone else's uh, poor ways of driving, then actually we might be part of that, you know, uh, kind of uh, scenario as well. Because if you're stuck in traffic, you're part of traffic. If you're stuck in a culture at work where it just feels really unprofessional, you're part of that culture as well. So I guess it's an opportunity to do a bit of self-reflection. Yeah, oh my God, definitely, Law. I love it. It's a bit like making sure you've got your dash cams on, right? That is and they true. might want it to have a look. <laughs> That's very true. So, Debs, let's do a bit of a roundup first of all. Yes. So, what are we seeing on that motorway of work around us at the moment? We've got lots of different uh, roads that are opening up in front of us. So, uh, there might be 
people hot desking, there might be people hybrid working. What does it mean in terms of everything from the day-to-day meetings to the big picture projects or presentation moments? So uh, what's your take on what you're seeing out there on the road at the moment? Yeah, I think there's definitely um, quite a lot of lanes going on here. So there are some that are just plodding along in the slow lane, um, to use your metaphor around it, and they're just hoping they can get by with doing what they need to be doing. Um, Many reasons around that. One is the motivation is low. Um, A couple of people are like overwhelmed, maybe a little bit exhausted and wanting to take a break. Um, the other one is the work. They just don't know where, where to head. Should I like move over into the middle lane or do I just stay on the slow lane and pull off at the services to take a, a well-meaningful break? Um, so there's lots of questions going on. Um, I also think there's quite a few people just keep moising the fast lane, if you like. It's like, I'm going to stay here and I'm just going to keep bombing along in the hope that I'll get everything right. And so that's causing... Again, a bit of overwhelm with some people, but also not taking a moment to just stop and just pause and just think about the impact that they're having on people because they're just, you know, motoring super, super duper fast and not really thinking about the people in their rearview mirror um, that's coming up behind them or not coming up behind them or... They're just like, you, you see them on the motorway, right? Those people that hang on the back bumper of others and flash their lights at them as, oh, come on, come on. So you see quite a lot of that at the moment. And and then obviously without, you know, building too much on this, we have our middle lanes that are either quite steadily just middle lane driving and they're aware of what's going on around them or not. Um, and you've got those that are in that middle lane because they can see the peripheral. They can see what's going on behind them, in front of them, to the side of them. And I suppose to some extent, I would always argue that maybe those are the people that are more clearer on the impact that they're having on others as they're journeying along till the end of the year. <laughs> Debs, I love how you have absolutely taken this little metaphor <laughs> as a setup and just ruddy run with it. Fantastic. I love it. But, but you know, it's such a it's such a cool visual. And and what kind of sparked our thinking, wasn't it, is we've, we've used this with a couple of team sessions that we're running. And it's a really healthy way for a team to be able to address the realities of, for example, hot desking. So if every time I come into the office, I have to, uh, you know, there are people sitting there who haven't booked a space. I've done the right thing and booked a space, but it then means I get the run rubbish seat, you know, right next to the loo or something, because, um, you know, there's just this inferred culture rather than the official one that has kind of sort of been there. And using the kind of red, amber, greens, so a bit like that sort of traffic lights, it's then given a team a really healthy space just to flush this stuff out. Because for many organisations, these are still relatively new ways of working and uh, better to address stuff now before real bitterness and resentness kind of kicks in because you can see the irritation is kind of rising a little bit. So classic reds that we're hearing, Debs, isn't it, is people arriving late to meet meetings or people dominating or not bothering with an agenda or not sticking to an agenda can really be one of those kind of red traffic incursions that really winds people up. Your ambers are maybe kind of a little bit less, you know, annoying, but those little little sort of irritants. So things like um, copying everyone in into an email and it just kind of, you know, bumping up everyone's kind of inbox. And then you've got your green lights, which are what are the things that actually are really pleasant, really pleasurable. Is the equivalent of driving on the road when someone thanks you when you've done them a favour. It just means you just smooth over any little 
little minor irritation you had. Likewise, when there's a please and thank you, when there is recognition of what someone's done, you know, and, you know, they might have put themselves out a little bit. Just those pleasant little things that just then means work feels a little bit less kind of um, arduous. You can work smoothly and you can work safely with each other. So that red, amber, green, we're seeing that as quite a nice way to facilitate out some realities. And because we all know what good driving and bad driving looks like, you can bring a bit of humour to it. So rather than being personal, it's just a professional look at new ways of working that's going to flush out some things that might irritate some people that you might not know of. And so being able to bring that out means you can then all kind of as a team agree, right, this is how we're going to meet. This is how we're going to use email. And this is what it means in terms of how we drive together in an easy way as possible. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so cool. And it just reminded me of that mirror signal manoeuvre, right, which you have to do. So that listen, look and learn will hold you in such good stead, especially from an emotional intelligence point of view. Because if you have got a higher level of emotional intelligence, then you are more likely to notice those things and set the tone for the right things around it. Brilliant. So let's peer under the bonnet and have a look at what the clear links are between emotional intelligence, which is hot on everyone's um, CVs at the moment, and uh, everyday working interactions. So I suppose that poses a question, what do we mean by emotional intelligence or how intelligent are you emotionally? And when we stop to think about the sort of the four cornerstones that make that up, so self-awareness, self-management, we have social awareness or social skills, and all of them, if you've got them working really well together, will have a great impact on people. And I think it's that bit that enables us to start with self. So a bit like you were saying, if I was to stop for a moment or listen and then look around and then learn something. What is it that I could be learning about myself? So are my standards, like you were saying, good or are they okay-ish or are they absolutely needing a bit of a rehaul? Um, And therefore, I need to get some feedback. And I know you um, shared last time about using aid as a way of getting some of that feedback. And I think that's probably a good thing to just consider. And also that perception around what I think I see may not be what other people see. So again, how do I go about and get that feedback that says, yep, I'm on the right track or absolutely not. You're whizzling all over the motorway and over the road and therefore you're not on course. So how do you get that um honest feedback from people that you trust. So your levels of self-awareness will be more increased, which will therefore mean that your standards that you have for work, whatever they might be, are being maintained because they do have a positive impact on people because you're using the social skills, if you like, to be able to communicate well, to be consciously be a, a collaborative team player Um, to make sure that you're listening, listening with empathy so that you understand. And therefore, having these skills will help you be a great team player. It also, I suppose, instead of the road rage that goes on when something doesn't go quite our way, we can actually manage ourselves. So the self-regulation piece or self-management piece will enable us to catch our emotions so that we're not going to fly off the handle or be the one on someone's back bumper flashing the lights at them, you know, having a bit of a road rage going on. So the ability to manage our emotions and manage them really well, again, comes back to, do I care? I know we said, who cares? 
But do you care enough to manage that? Are you turning people on or turning people off? And that can only come down by understanding the impact that you're having. And then the last one, I suppose, or one of them is around the awareness. What's going on around me at the moment? How are people feeling? What are they thinking? Do I lift my head up and really have a look, whether I'm hybrid working, whether I'm on a Zoom call with somebody else, whether I'm virtually or whether I'm in room, do I really care enough to see what's going on for other people? And it's the the four different things working in harmony together will always create, if it's with the right intent, the right impact on others so that you can, um, you, you know you matter, you know you're going to make a big difference, you know that I know that you know that I know you're great. You know, so it's all of this you know, shared, collaborative, mutual understanding which works so well when we're you know, on this run up to the last bit of the year. Love it, Debs. Linking to sort of that metaphor of driving, um, it's about, I guess, consideration, isn't it? It's considerate driving. So I could hoon it around this corner and make an assumption that there's not someone who, you know, might be just around that bend whom I might need to be sort of more mindful of. Or, um, you know, I, I either slow down a little bit in advance and just kind of get a bit of um, you know, thinking time, or I just bowl right in and m- carry on I- I meeting in a way that I've always done because I haven't got the wherewithal to change. I'm not really considering others. I'm just continuing, you know, what I've always done. But when I first learned to drive, that might have been a different set of rules than what it is now, you know, a little bit like the world of work. We've had huge amounts of change in a matter of months. <laughs> decades worth of change because there was so much disruption brought on by the pandemic, you know, and I think organisations are still reeling from it now. So, you know, you might be working in an organisation that right from the start has been pretty organised and and out there in terms of the working patterns. You may be working for an organisation where everyone's just been left to kind of work it out for themselves. So we're almost like, you know, when you're in a toll on a motorway and then you've gone through the booth and then everyone is, whoom, then kind of finding their way. And that's been a little bit like the world of work for many people this year. 2022 has been about kind of finding where's your lane? What does that mean in terms of how we work with each other? So I think as well as emotional intelligence, it's also maybe an opportunity just to refresh our habits. So let's stop off on the hard shoulder and just have a think about our working habits, Debs. Okay, so I think um, another four-step model that can Ooh, also... On, we, like uh, we like a bit of four-step model. It just fits every so well on a flip chart, doesn't it, Debs? It does. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the the useful thing about this one is it looks at how do adults learn and how do we um, acquire new habits. And whenever we've kind of used it, it, it's an oldie, but again, it just strikes up some really useful kind of uh, conversation, whether you might be looking at inducting and bringing on new people within your team or... The, uh, the focus we'll bring on this um, episode around re-looking at your habits. So how do habits form? So let's say I have been in the world of work for 20 odd years and I've been to umpteen hundreds of thousands of meetings and, uh, you know, a meeting that starts on a Monday at 10am. You know, I've had many, many of those. So it can be easy that the more confident we get in what we're doing, the more complacent we can then become. The first stage is before you'd ever been to a 10 o'clock team catch-up meeting, 
You would have said to have been in a state of unconscious incompetence. Oh, I wonder what it's going to be like. I'm either looking forward to it because I think it's going to be great or I'm a bit worried about it because I'm not sure what it entails. So that unconscious incompetence is where I don't know what I don't know yet. And that's either thrilling or a bit scary. Then you go to your first meeting, you think, oh, right, it either was or wasn't what you expected. And that is the reality check known as unconscious competence. I uh, now know what I don't know. And ooh, that either makes me a little bit on edge for the next one, because now I realise I've got to speak up or it wasn't anywhere near as bad as what I thought. So um, I'm feeling a bit kind of better about it. Then you're kind of your first three or four. So that's kind of first month or two in the, in the world of work. And uh, you're finding your feet and that's the conscious competence. So I now know how to go to a meeting and uh, I still have to think about it. And I might be thinking about it on the Sunday night before, but I now know kind of what's needed to just get in practice. And then by the time you have years of Monday morning catch-up meetings under your belt, it could be said that you are in unconscious competence. I now don't need to think about it. I can just JDI. As long as the environment doesn't change or the rules of the road hasn't changed. And what then can become apparent is, is then suddenly, God, these meetings don't, you know, they're not very productive. Or you might leave a team meeting feeling more irritated or stressed than when someone joined it, because maybe the rules of the road have changed, but you haven't, as you said, listened or looked or learned what might be some fresh ways to look at it. So, The human brain is phenomenal at learning. The moment we wake up, we're learning and we're deciding and we're kind of problem solving. Is this an opportunity maybe at the next team meeting just to bring fresh eyes to it? And as you said, ramp up those levels of emotional intelligence. Do a quick MOT on your, uh, uh, you know, your emotional intelligence, your emotional intelligence, because if things aren't moving in the direction that ideally you'd want them to, you're part of that meeting. So the old uh, unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence. It's just a reminder of how the more we practice something, the more permanent those habits can become. You just reminded me of those, as you said, those people that have done a thousand probably Monday morning meetings. And um, a part of that is down to them. If you're you're leading in that meeting or you're the one that's, you know, contributing to it, it's a bit like, as you said, having your MOT and just stopping and just thinking about and putting yourself in somebody else's shoes maybe and thinking, I wonder how somebody else might approach that. So if we're thinking about it from, you know, a brand new intern coming into the place of work, yeah, I wonder what they would do. I wonder how they would mix it up a little bit so that you are starting to relook at your own professional standards so it doesn't get boring and same old, same old, but actually you're having to think on your feet maybe, but also think about the impact that you do want to have. And I think that can really give us that impetus to go, yeah, actually, you know what? I do care enough that everybody is still engaged I do care enough that everybody is still inspired by what we're doing. And I do care enough that I can, if you like, help with the energy that's required in order to enable people to be their best self, really. Completely agree. So an MOT, right. So what might that look like? So so let's say someone's listening to this and they're thinking, right, okay, yes, I can see that there's an opportunity to just tighten things up a little bit. So maybe the meeting's a little bit flabby or, or starting late and you kind of, it's starting to irritate you and you think actually that could really start to irritate others as well. Let's kind of lean in and, and have that and have that conversation. So it could be the meetings, 
It could be anytime you want to share an opinion. It could be the way in which we sort of talk and, and communicate with each other. So the meetings, the opinions, the talking, the way that you talk, it's your MOT, Debs. I can see it right now. So um, let's say that I'm working with some um, new people and also some existing people. What would be some top tips to have that conversation? So first of all, know who's going to be there, really important, and make sure you know everybody's name. And then also think about how you're going to do your check-in at the very beginning of that meeting. How are you going to find out where everybody is at? You know, we talk in coaching about how is that coaching client arriving? Um, so how do you find out how your team are arriving to that meeting? And you could do a check-in. From a team point of view, just even getting it out there on the table, this time of year is a perfect time Mm, to have a bit of review and preview. So let's pack down the year that we've had. It's been an extraordinary year working in new and unprecedented ways for many. We're hearing from some of the industries we work with, Debs. COVID is still alive and kicking in terms of the impact it's having. For others, it's a dim and distant memory. You know, there's there's a lot of difference in terms of uh, how everyone's kind of driving kind of at the moment. But the one thing that does unite us is we all have to work with each other in potentially some new and sort of different ways. So getting it on the table, if that traffic um, uh, metaphor works for you, just even asking people the question, do you reckon you'd pass your driving test now? Most people go, <laughs> ooh, look a bit yeah. sheepish and a bit shady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes the longer you've been doing something, the easier it is to just get ingrained in ways of working that, you know, your habits, they just might not be fit for purpose now because the rules of the road have changed a little bit. So using your red amber green, so what are some of the things that actually are our bugbears? What are some things that just mm, we need to watch? And actually, what are some green lights? Let's do as much as possible we can of this, just in how we work. And of course, our day-to-day interactions, Debs, that is what sets an organisational culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. And also, therefore, when you're saying around the second part of what you said around the MOT, to have the opinion, how how do you consciously reach out for other people's thoughts and opinion? So ask them. It's as simple as that. Rather than you be the one talking all of the time, because that's like boring for most people, actually flip it around and ask other people for their opinion. What do you think about that? Where have you seen us do it really well? Where do you think we could improve? And if you create that trusting environment for people, then they're quite feel free to talk. And it goes back to what you were saying. If, if you set the ways of working up well and you're mixing it up a bit so it's not the same old, same old, it does prevent, um, sorry, just, I suppose not prevent, but it does present itself. I get my words in. Um, it does present itself well for people to be able to share their opinion and talk freely with no repercussions. And uh, I think that's what links back into the having that levels of emotional intelligence that enable you to do that. Because we all need to hear what other people are thinking. So it's not just our perspective all of the time because as you said you know we can't work it alone we have to be part of or feel part of that team um and that we we matter and that you know it's important for us to do that because one person can't change the world right Oh, you know, and, and I think just to sort of as a bit of a, a wrap up, maybe this is a bit overly philosophical, but, you know, I do think sometimes people don't realise the impact they have on others. Mm, and mm. Maybe that stems from they just don't realise how important they are, because if you have a firm sense of self, you understand that, you know, what you say counts and you're important and you're an active player in your life. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're going to be mindful of the impact you have on others. If actually deep down you think, oh, no one listens to me anyway, and, you know, I can't really add much 
much value, so I'll just trundle along in the middle lane and, you know, <laughs> just uh, it all looks fine to me, but you haven't looked behind you and you're there belching out old exhaust fumes. You know, everyone <laughs> yes. else is kind of coughing a bit behind. But I wonder whether that just comes from people not realising the impact they have. But the moment you walk into a room, you are having an impact, wanted or not. You know, I know Absolutely. that's a, a key yeah. key focus that you and Carl are really kind of passionate on. And so, you know, you you matter. And because you matter, you therefore impact others as well. So I do sometimes think people forget the impact they have because they forget their own importance in, in all of this. Yeah, that's a very really true. And, and therefore, you know that you do count in that team. And therefore, because of that and that feeling that you have that you do belong then you are more mindful about the actions that you take because, as you said, you you generally have the empathy for others and you can put yourself in their shoes and you know, try and understand it from that person's point of view. But it enables you to have that great conversation. And as you said in the last bit, you know, is to talk, be able to talk about it, what's going on. And I think we need to do a lot more of that in some cases. Yeah, right. Love it. So, Debs, of course, uh, we asked about finding other people's opinions. I- I'm always aware of the irony of running a podcast. People can't... <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's all about interaction. Uh, just listen to us, actually, whilst you're then on this. So what we love about our Secrets from a Coach approach is it's all about action. So what would be your call to action, Debs, for someone thinking, do you know what? Things have got a little bit kind of sloppy. Let's tighten some professional standards before they set in as permanent habits. What would be a call to action, Debs? Yeah, I would get, I would probably ask people to consider just stopping for a moment and, and as you do, doing a bit of a, you know, bit of that stock check. Have I got everything I need to get me through the winter months? So have I topped up my, you know, my water? Um, you know, have I got my lights working? All of that stuff. So I would just do that little stop check. Am I am I okay? Yes, I am. Do I know what impact I'm having? Yes, I do. So, and then what is it that I'm going to bring? So think about what you do bring, not what you don't bring. Love it. My share the secret would be, if this has worked for you, this little kind of traffic metaphor, get a work friend to uh, listen in on this. And maybe this could be a really healthy conversation to then have around our red, amber, greens, all in the, in the pursuit of enabling us to work easier, smoother and safer with each other. And, uh, you know, if you're finding yourself getting a little bit triggered now by some of the things that are happening, this is doing your future self a, f- a favour. And actually, the power of a metaphor, isn't it, Debs? You could have a quite big conversation but with a bit of lightness and a bit of humour so it can just help um, kind of help so this was the fourth in our month focus on getting stuff done (laughs) if you haven't caught the others we focused on managing expectations managing upwards and accountability and communication so who's responsible whose job who cares? Um, and uh, that's the focus of today, kind of who's going to care, who's going to kind of tend for that. So Debs, have a fantastic onward week. Can't wait for our first in our new focus, yes. which will be... Bring on uh, December. Bring on December. <laughs> so um, in the meantime, I'm going to be uh, honking you from behind, <laughs> flashing you from the, uh, from the, from the fast lane. <laughs> and I'll just wave as you go past, Lord. <laughs> But key question. Safe travelling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you got a bag of sweets with you? That's that's the main thing, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. That you rummage around to exactly. try and find. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't pass my test. No. Yeah, you know, offering them a sweet bag. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, have a fab week. Love you. You too. Love you. Bye. Bye. 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a Spotify listener, give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others. 